real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast. Be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. Be sure to grab your free copy of my list of 27 tools, resources, and software programs I use to run my businesses on a tight budget. You can get it at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash 27 tools. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash 27 tools. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah St. John, and my guest today is the CEO and co-founder of GreenPal, an online marketplace that connects homeowners with local lawn care professionals. GreenPal has been called the Uber for lawn care by Entrepreneur Magazine and has over 200,000 active users completing thousands of transactions per day. Welcome to the show, Brian Clayton. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. We were talking before we got started recording that I actually use GreenPal. Thank you so much for using it. We appreciate it. Hopefully we make your life just a little bit easier in some small way. Yeah, exactly. So I guess before we get into GreenPal, I'm kind of curious about your background and how you got started, how you got the idea for GreenPal. So GreenPal in one sentence is like the Uber for lawn mowing. So if you have a yard, you rent a home, you own a house, you you have a yard that needs to be mowed and you don't want to, you don't love cutting grass yourself rather than calling around on Craigslist or Facebook or Yelp, trying to get estimates and quotes and availability for somebody to come cut your grass, you can just download our app. You pop your address in, you'll get quotes back from lawn care services nearby you, usually four or five quotes within a minute or two. And then you can read read reviews and figure out which one you want to work with based on the information that, that we provide to you in a few minutes rather than hours that it will take you to do it the old way. You hire them. And once they come out and mow for you, they upload a picture, you review that, everything looks good. You just set it up for the entire season. It just happens. You don't have to like hassle them and wonder where the lawn guy is week after week. It just kind of happens like clockwork. So that's what we do. And we've been at it for eight years. We're an eight-year overnight success. Started out very humbly. First few years were really tough getting that marketplace going, figuring out kind of how to build the, the software and build it to solve problems for homeowners and service providers. And we just stuck with it. And here we are eight years in. We're several hundred thousand people using the app, doing something around $20 million a year in revenue profitable. And so it's it's been a long journey, but that's still day one. And before GreenPal, I actually had a lawn mowing business. I mowed grass in high school as a way to make extra cash, put myself through college cutting grass. I went to school for business and I decided after graduating college, I was like, hey, I'm just going to see how far I could take this landscaping business. Grew that business to over 150 employees over $10 million a year in revenue. And then in 2013, the business was acquired by one of the largest landscaping companies in the United States. And so growing that business from just me and a push mower little by little, year after year to over 150 people, I learned a lot through try on error, how to build a business from scratch, and then kind of rolled all of that knowledge into the second company, GreenPal, that I'm working on now. That's awesome. So I guess you got the idea for GreenPal because you had experience mowing yards and thought of a better way to go about it. Absolutely. I was solving my own problem. you know. And I think when you're starting a new business from scratch, it can help to be solving your own problem, particularly a technology company. If you, if you are crazy enough to start a technology company, it can help to be solving a problem that you 
have actual real world experience in. And so for me, you know, I was running this company, Green or Peachtree was the name of the landscaping company. And once we had grown the business over like 20 or 30 people, we no longer did the residential lawn mowing. We, we no longer did the basic $30 lawn mowing. It just wasn't profitable for us. And, and we focused on commercial contracts. We come up like uh, office parks, apartments, airports, things of that sort. But we still got calls every day from people wanting just a decent lawn cutting. The sad thing is, is like there's a dozen small solo entrepreneurs that want that business, but the homeowner didn't have any visibility to figure out who they were, what their schedule was, what their availability was, were they actually any good or reliable or not? And so I thought, okay, an app needs to exist to make this whole thing run smoother. And so I saw what Airbnb and Uber and Lyft and a lot of these apps that were just coming out in 2013 were making these real world transactions happen seamlessly. And I thought, okay, an app needs to exist to to make what I just spent the last 15 years of my life doing run smoother, easier, really literally solving my own problem. Luckily, I did not know what I didn't know. I, I was naive to the difficulty that it was going to take, as it was going to be to, to build this product from scratch, to literally invent a brand new product and getting a marketplace going. I didn't understand how tough those things were going to be. But my two co-founders and I just got in there and just didn't give up, kept pushing forward little by little, celebrating small wins. And over four or five years, we finally got the, some momentum going. And here we are eight, nine years in, and we got a good business going. Yeah, I think that's awesome that it, it solves a problem on both ends. It solves the problem for the contractor or the service provider because they're getting more visibility and getting more gigs. But then like on my end, it solved a problem for me because I was going through different lawn care companies and just a variety of issues. Plus they were expensive, like 50, 60 bucks to mow a relatively small yard. And I actually thought, I wish there was an app where, you know, exactly how Green Pal is, what it does. I was wishing that it that existed and apparently it did i just it took me a while to find it i don't even know how i heard about it but yeah that's the biggest problem we face is that there is an easier way to get this done but overcoming the status quo is really challenging and so that's what we're up against that's what we're competing against is the status quo it's like it's a lot easier just to download green pal and hire a lawn mowing service than it is to just throw darts at a board and just start dialing for dollars to your point we we kind of have two user bases we have homeowners that use a service and then we have service providers that run their entire business on top of our technology. And we have to solve the problems on both sides of the, the transaction. So for homeowners, we offer a nice convenience. You go from not having anybody lined up, not knowing anybody to somebody's coming tomorrow to mow the grass at a fair price. Uh, and that's a nice convenience. But for service providers, that's really why we do what we do. Our mission in, in life, my mission in life is to offer these folks like, like a business in a box, a way to just plug in and double and triple your business within a year to be able to make material income owning your own little lawn mowing business and no longer having to work a job in a cubicle or some job that you don't like. You can literally work outside and work eight months out of the year and make six figures. We, we have thousands of those stories. And yeah, sure, it's hard work and there's challenges to running your own lawn mowing business, but we aim to solve a lot of those challenges. So getting new business, you don't have to pass out flyers anymore to optimizing your route for all the stops around town so you don't have to like waste time in traffic to getting paid on time, getting paid within 24 hours of the work you do. You no longer have to run like all this accounts receivable and chase your money around. Because believe it or not, the lawn guy in, in a lot of cases is the last person to get paid. So we solve those problems and like aim to materially make these folks' lives better. And if they're successful, then our company is successful. We, we, are, we really have aligned our objectives with helping them grow their business and helping them improve their lives. So then how does GreenPal make money? Do you take a percentage or a certain dollar amount per every transaction or how's that work? 
completely free to use for homeowners and service providers. There's no sign-up fee. There's no fees to access the software. Where we make our revenue is we take a small transaction fee for all the work that the service provider does through the platform. And then for your really robust service providers that, that are doing like six figures plus, we have some premium tools that they can subscribe to if they want that help them optimize for more efficiency and time tracking and things of that sort. And so we have a couple different ways that we monetize the platform, but the primary way is is just through a transactional fee. So if a service provider wants to jump on the app and get started, what is that process like for them? So what they'll do is, is they can get signed up in a few minutes. They'll give all of their information about their business, client referrals for people they've already worked with, pictures of all their equipment. They'll have to verify their identity and connect up their banking account and tax information. They can usually get signed up in less than 10 minutes. And then if we have availability in that market, we let them on the platform. A lot of cities that we operate, we don't have availability. So probably over half, we have more suppliers than we need. And so they, they get put on a waiting list at that point. Oh, okay. Have you had to deny anyone? Our platform routinely weeds out unreliable service providers and ones that don't hit the mark. We routinely measure the performance of the service providers that use it. We have a star rating system like that you would see in many other apps. We're able to understand, okay, these are actually the best lawn care services in Dallas. And here they are for you to hire right off the shelf as though you were like hiring them off of Amazon or something like that. And so that we've developed that over many years and, and we routinely expel the operators that just don't do a good job, that don't get good ratings, that don't show up on the day they're supposed to. Because that's what our job is to do. We enable homeowners to not have to go through that bad experience. Like you described, you call three or four, you leave a voicemail, you get a quote and it's like $20 higher than it should be. But now to get the fair price, you're still gonna have to call another 10 people. Like we just cut through all that and just allow you to hire them right off the shelf right the first time. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if someone has an idea to start an app, like a service within an app, kind of like yours. I mean, not in your area, but like whatever it might be, connecting people or whatever. What is that process like or what do you recommend someone do? 20 years of being in business, I've done pretty much everything the wrong way first and then I do it the right way. And so that seems to be a recurring theme. For me, what I did was I... I built a company, a traditional blue collar company, got it over 150 employees, 10 million in revenue, sold it. And then I thought I was like king of the mountain. I thought I could do anything. And I thought, okay, well now I'm going to start a tech business because that'll be easier. And what I didn't know, I didn't know what I didn't know. And so I didn't really understand how difficult that was going to be. And so what I did was I pulled together capital between me and my co-founders and we paid a dev shop to build what we thought Green Pal should be. And that was like around 150 grand. And it was a total flop, total failure. Went to zero, didn't work, didn't have the features it needed. It didn't fulfill the vision of what GreenPal is, push a button, get the long cut. And so after like a, two years of excruciating, like going through that, you know, it took them a year to build it. And then we launched it and we met with every user that we could that tried it out and like would, would see, hear the same feedback over and over again. We came to realize that if we're actually going to be in the tech business, we're going to have to learn how to build software. And so that's what we did. My two co-founders and I, one of my co-founders went to a boot camp. That was like a nine-month curriculum and learned how to do back-end programming. I learned how to be a terrible front-end engineer over the course of about six to eight months. And then my other co-founder learned product design, Photoshop, things like that. And so between the three of us working on the business, in the business, and on ourselves, we were able to kind of like pay the ticket price to get in the game, which was learning how to build software and learning how to self-execute these things. So I learned the hard way that you can't 
delegate these things until you understand how to do them yourself. And if you want to be in the tech business, if you want to have an app that connects buyers and sellers like ours does for the lawn care business, if you want to connect buyers and sellers in the cleaning space or something like that, table stakes, you're going to have to learn how to do the basics of software development. There, I don't see any way around it. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I would think that hiring a a company like you did would have done the job, but that's a bummer. Let me save you some headache. I thought so too, but it didn't. It was a $150,000 mistake. Since then, I do coaching and mentoring for entrepreneurs in Nashville where I live for free as a hobby. And I see this over and over and over again, people making this mistake, thinking they can outsource the tech side. And if you're going to be in the tech business, you got to know tech. It'd be like having a restaurant, like a five-star restaurant with no chef and then wondering why it didn't work out. <laughs> like, like, like you, it's never ending. You have to be able to do this stuff in-house. So I'm curious, do you have any other ideas or things that you're working on that are similar, like another kind of, and if you do, you might not be able to say, but where you're kind of a matching service or an app? We have bootstrapped and self-funded this business. And so one of the reasons why we have achieved a certain level of success and now we're profitable and things are actually getting to be fun is because we focused. We have focused on one use case. And I think if you're going to be in a tech business, you have to be the best in the world at one thing. And, and if not, you're not going to make it. And so, and it's hard to be the best in the world at multiple things at once. And so for us, focusing on this one use case, making it dead simple, push a button, you get somebody good to come out and take care of this chore for you is kind of one of our keys of success. And it will be continuing to work on this one thing for probably the foreseeable future because we're always trying to make it better, faster, cheaper, more reliable, more predictable, enabling small business owners to make more money. There's no end in, in how we can op- continue to optimize. And so we'll be at this for a while and we'll continue to focus on this for a while. And the, the thing is, it's like the lawn care service, the home cleaning service, the plumber, the HVAC guy, the painter, the roofer, they all have a lot of things in common, but for for the most part, their businesses are different. And the pain points that they experience on a daily basis and those workflows as it relates to software are very different. And it's really difficult to build that end-to-end experience in more than one vertical. Even if you have all the resources in the world, even if you were like Google, you're not going to like bet Google on trying to build the Uber for home painters. That's why there is no Uber for home painters. Yeah, that makes sense. Focusing on one thing. I think that's a struggle for a lot of entrepreneurs. I know that's been a struggle for me in the past is focusing on that one thing. I'm curious, and you might not need to do this or even want to, but have you ever thought about going on Shark Tank? You know, in the early days, I I love that show. I think that show is one of the most crisp representations of the American dream. And so I'm a big fan. I love the fact that kids watch that show and like are exposed to the notion that they could be an entrepreneur. Whereas they may have never even thought of that. That's the reason I love that show. But that aside, the use case for that show is more for like consumer products, tangible goods, fashion, consumer retail thing. For a tech startup, it's not a good fit. I still did think about it in the first couple of years because it would have been really good exposure. That said, most more traditionally, my type of business is funded by venture capitalists. We didn't go down that route either because once you make that bet, and you take on outside capital, it's it's almost like a binary outcome. You have to really hit a grand slam or it's a zero. I, I started to realize that's not a good bet for most entrepreneurs. So we decided to self-fund the business. And I believe today that like revenues is the best form of financing for any business. It, it keeps you on track. It keeps you focused on the customer, keeps you focused on what's real and what's not, and it keeps you focused on a few things at one time and rather than getting like diluted and doing too many things at once. And then next thing you know, you've wasted your investor's money and you can't raise the 
follow on round of funding and his and his lights out. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that you bootstrapped it without and didn't need a, a venture capitalist and all that. I just l- love this whole concept of. I guess I just love apps and technology and <laughs> all of that. But me too. I think it's still day one. I think the smartphone is the remote control for your life. And I think these experiences where you push a button and something real happens, like I push a button and I can order Thai food on DoorDash. You know, I push a button and I can get somebody to cut my grass, push a button, a car shows up. I think we're in day one of those experiences. I think in a lot, there's been a lot of these types of things crash and burn, but a lot of them will still be birthed. So long as you're sufficiently motivated and you're willing to dedicate a decade of your life to one of these things, anybody can do it. Mm -hmm. Well, awesome. Well, I appreciate you sharing your insight and experience and all that. And of course, if anybody is interested in learning more about it, the website is yourgreenpal.com. Also have show notes at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash green pal. Was there anything else that you wanted to say before we ended? Yeah. You know, any entrepreneurs listening to this, you know, some of the best advice that was given to me at one point was to think and act small, but be ambitious. So entrepreneurship's full of these paradoxes. And it's like, do I have this huge ambition or do I like think small? And it's like, you got to do both. You, you got to like act small. You got to act inside of your little circle of influence, but you still have to have this huge audacious kind of vision. And so like being able to do that at the same time and this willing to stick it out for five or 10 years is, is, is what's, it's been a common theme in two businesses that I've been involved in. So yeah, get in the game and stick it out and don't give up. That's my advice. Yeah, definitely. And I know from my own experience, that's the case. You just have to stick with it and eventually something will click and work out. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> There's no shortcuts. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me on, Sarah. I had a blast. If you enjoyed and found value from this episode, I'd greatly appreciate it if you rate, review, subscribe, and share at ratethispodcast.com forward slash frugalpreneur. Until next time. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack, connect with fellow listeners, Share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.